TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We're back with more of Sabres Live. Presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. That's how we describe our guest right now. Nothing else comes close. And that is Shana Goldman from The Athletics, who is not only on now, but she's on with us tonight to look ahead to the final two games of the road trip for the Sabres. Shana, would you like to start with Sabres or non-Sabres here in this particular segment? Let's start with Sabres and then we can jump around. Okay. (laughs) How do you get them on the right path now without Jeff Skinner for at least the next week? I say throw out the systems, throw out the defense, and bring back last year's chaos. That is what we're missing. I think any team that tries to transition to be a better defensive team, which they had a ton of room to do, can risk losing their offense, right? How many times do we hear it's the same with a young player who's developing? It's the same with the team-wide concept. Sometimes defense can just swallow up offense, and that's what's happening to Buffalo right now. I think you need to just kind of let the defense work their way through everything they've been okay that's fine it's not great not against Colorado but generally speaking they've been okay enough but you need to pick up the pace offensively if you have the puck and you're generating scoring chances you're not playing back in your own zone so that would be my emphasis for literally everybody in the lineup because everybody has to make up for what they're missing in Skinner so I look at the way the Sabres forward groups is constructed it's like they don't have a top nine they have a top six and a bottom six right Mm -hmm. and even last game against Colorado you're like hey okay well we're getting, you know, somebody back in the lineup. So who comes out of the top six, right? Alex Tuck comes back. Who comes out of the top six? It ended up being Dylan Cousins. But it is that should that be the focus when you look at the Sabres and the roster is not just having a top six, but they don't have the numbers right now to be able to consistently ice a top nine and have three lines that could be a threat. No, that that should be a focus right now because you have to think about it like you know, there's always talk about whether hockey's a strong or a weak link game. And at the end of the day, more star power wins, more talented player, you know, like having more talent on your roster wins. Not only that, but being able to spread that out across your lineup wins because it means you have more ice time with better players on the ice. It's a super simple concept. And it might sound like, okay, thank you, Captain Obvious, but it's the truth, right? And we saw that with Vegas last year. The fact that they were able to distribute their talent through the top nine is what made them so dangerous because most teams can't compete with the team that's rolling three scoring lines out there. So it definitely is a problem. Like if we're thinking, oh, they have to bump someone to the third line, that shouldn't be a problem. That should be great. Now they have, a, you know, an even deeper third line. Look at the offense. And I think that's the way a lot of people felt with the team like New Jersey as they got healthier. Now they don't have a top six. They have a top nine again. If you don't have a solid top six, it's a problem. But that's the biggest problem, right? Because if you don't have that, 
What yeah. do you have? You definitely don't have a top nine, but you want the Sabres to be getting to the point where we're saying now they don't have a top nine. That's like the next step to having that forward development, I'd say. It's interesting, you know, just laying it out the way you are, obviously on the heels of Henrik Lundqvist being critical the other night, honest and critical at the same time uh, from his perspective. And he was obviously focusing more on defensively and accountability defensively and that. So it's, it's different than how you're presenting how the Sabres might get back to success. Uh, Marty, why don't you be the middle person on this based on your experience? And because obviously I'm more with Shana on this because of how we talked about this group last year and how it seemed to these players in a better place to feel like they could succeed. Now I'm not seeing that confidence within certain players. You mentioned cousins, Shana, like he has yeah. one goal in 20 games. There is an enormous amount of pressure on this young man right now to Marty feel like he did last year. Yeah. Marty, okay. so- huge range. I'm sorry. You're going from, you're the middleman between Henrik Lundqvist and me. This, this could go anywhere. Listen, I was like carrying L- Hank's luggages and luggage in the bus and on the plane and carrying <laughs> his wine and all of that. So I think I can do it, but I will <laughs> say that like for me and like for Hank, we speak from our position of being a goalie and hating to see turnovers in your own in in your own zone multiple turnovers and then you're like okay how are we going to win when we turn the puck over when we don't get out of the zone clean don't even think about creating offense think about just managing the puck when you're 20 feet from your net right that's the the point but i also think that those two go together and shana maybe you can help me with this is that by by not turning the puck over in your zone you are obviously not spending 30, 40 seconds in your zone. When you get out, you're not tired. You can attack and you can spend 30 seconds in the offensive zone. Like, don't they all go together? Even if you're a defensive-minded coach like John Tortorella or even Ken Hitchcock or Jacques Lemaire, you still can have a highly offensive team. You're just are focusing different part of the ice. Yeah, in today's game, it's not one or the other. It's both. And even someone like Tortorella, you can see how he's encouraging someone like Sean Walker to jump up in the play because he knows he can turn defense into offense. And that's what that's the name of the game today. If you can't do that, you have a problem. That's why Vegas is successful. That's why Colorado won. And that's why Tampa Bay won two cups in a row. That was what they did. You wanted that you're not just enduring shots against and you're able to keep things calm while you're in your own zone. There's another end of the ice you have to think about. And the biggest key is how do you transition from one to the other? And then how do you sustain offense? And this is, I think, one of the most interesting things when we talk about defense is sustaining offense. And I feel like people don't talk about that enough as defense when it is. If you're trying to keep playing your own zone and you're holding the puck at the blue line or you're finding ways to regain possession, that's defense. It's defense. And then you're shifting immediately back to offense. You just don't have to transition through three zones of the ice. So it definitely goes hand in hand. You can't be giving away the puck. You have to be maintaining possession and finding a way to break out the puck. And in today's game, that means with possession and with control, unless you're the Carolina Hurricanes. They're like one of the only teams that succeeds with that dump and chase style. And that's Mm -hmm. not how the Sabres are built to play. Right. And Carolina has gotten back on the winning path here the last couple after a four game absence. And I I would say this also, uh, if I really wanted to bore everybody when we started the show, I could have just, you know, and this is relevant because the Sabres are missing Skinner now. The number of players who are injured across the league, like this daily add on, add on, add on, like even last night, 
you would not probably have anticipated Tampa winning the way they did against Edmonton, especially without Victor Hedman, who's been amazing this year. But he didn't play last night. We mentioned Line A earlier getting hurt last night. He's likely out for another six weeks now with a fractured mm-hmm. clavicle. So on and on and on and on and on it goes. And the point is you have to find a way here. So um, I- I'm really fascinated by what you said about, because it's been Don Granado's thing all along, Shana, is like our style is get the puck back as quickly as possible. That doesn't have to be in your own zone. That can be in any of the three zones. So it speaks to your point about how it creates offense. But um, again, I'll I'll just go back to both of you here on Cousins. Like, what's going to be the snap out of it moment for him, Marty? Um, Snap out of it moment for him. Because he's had chances. We've seen that. He's had chances, but... But I do feel like it's with Dylan, as with a lot of players, they feel like they have their themselves have to do it. They have to score. It's not like our line has to score. It's not like I can be a facilitator as I have to score. And and maybe again with without Skinner, now you're reinserting cousins in the top six. Maybe you play him with Thompson and, and Tuck. Maybe you give him a different look on a line that he doesn't have to take it all on himself. He can share that. That I mean, misery in a sense with Thompson and Tuck, and say, "Hey, we're we got to come out together, not just one person." Shana, I mean, if you if you're looking at the top six that as Paterka, Middlestat, and Benson as well, when you keep Benson, Paterka, and Middlestat together and put Cousins with Thompson and Tuck. Yeah, because if you keep that second line together, I think you have a line that can kind of grind it out and play a different style than we know the Sabres to be. They're a rush-based team. They have been for a long time. So if you have a a line that can like get to the dirty areas and just make life miserable for the opponents, I think that is a totally different look than that top line, which thrives off the rush. Dylan Cousins last year is one of the best players in transition in the league, just in zone entries, but he didn't always turn them directly into scoring chances. And I think the best way to do it is facilitating the play, like you said. So if he has someone that he can facilitate it to, and he doesn't have to be the shooter, but he can focus on driving in transition, just moving the puck, which I don't think we've seen enough from him this year because he hasn't had a finisher like Jack Quinn on his line that he clicks so well with. I think that would be really great for him. And I think it would be good for someone like Tage and it would be good for someone like Tuck because we're not seeing them shoot the puck like we expect them to either. So Mm -hmm. I think just getting someone to kind of handle everything up to that point and get him back to playing to his strengths in a way will be the right step for everybody. Your descriptions of, you know, zone entries and facilitating things like that conjure up such clear images in contrast to last year for me with Cousins. It was obvious as soon as you said it, it's like, oh, yeah, like Dylan was especially, I mean, between Jack and JJ, like they were always on odd man rushes. But Marty, what's the one thing that you have been consistent in suggesting this year that has held not only Dylan, but many of them back? And that is hesitancy. Oh, yeah. So if Cousins becomes the facilitator again here, it just has to be like this. Back forth, back forth, back forth. Go, go look at St. Louis's third or fourth goal last night when they oh. caught Corpus Salo so far to the right because he was not expecting the pass back to the slot. This is a hundred percent what Cousins, Paterka, and Quinn were doing regularly last year when entering the zone on odd man rushes. Oh yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, so so for me, making quick decisions uh, are look at Patrick Liney. Like I was watching Toronto Columbus last night, and before Liney scores his first goal, 
Like he had the puck in the high like slot right inside the blue line, and he was so slow with the puck. He was like dusting it off, and then he went to shoot it. It got deflected. Luckily, he got a pass from Ken John Ken Johnson from behind the net, and he scored right after. But I'm like, Liney, you got to move your feet. You got to think faster. You got to play faster. And that is a been a big big downfall of Dylan Cousins and a lot of the Sabers this year in hanging on to pucks a little too long or whatnot. But um, just because Shana, we're gonna have you tonight. We'll talk more Sabers and obviously Vegas and Arizona tonight. But I want to, you know, you touch on Ottawa St. Louis Duffer, so I want to go there quickly. Mm-hmm. Jordan Cairo, eight point one two five million dollar contract over eight years. And apparently the relationship with Craig Berube wasn't all that good. He gets booed yesterday. He's crying after the game when asked about that. Um, St. Louis still won, but what did you make of, uh, not as Duffer made a play on word before the show, Cryru or Cairo, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it spells pretty close to it. What did you make of the, his comments post game? That's Jordan Cairo erasure, and I won't stand for it. I think that he's <laughs> underperformed. And I do think a lot of the blame falls on him. I do not think that Craig Bruby was the right coach for him at all. I think he threw him down the lineup too many times and then would want him to claw his way back up when there was no position for him to succeed. I think that he had weaknesses in his games. And as a coach, yes, you don't build the roster. And Doug Armstrong is the problem here. Let's put that first and foremost. I don't think Stanley <laughs> Cup was- winner, Doug Armstrong, I might add. Yeah, but he also go. said he, he when he got there, uh, you know, 2008, I think he said, he goes, this team is no better than it was when I found it or whatever. So he was putting the blame a little bit on himself also. I would put it a lot on myself when I build a blue line that has, what, five no trade and no movement clauses and wonder, why are we not good? We can't do anything. Like, yeah. it, it's on him to find players that will be complementary to someone who wants to build around, like a Thomas, like a Kyrie, right? You have to find complementary talent to go around them. But I yeah. think... It, you have to work with what you have, and I don't think Bruby has done a great job with it. I don't think that he's some player development expert. I don't think he has creative and innovative enough ideas. I don't think Kyrie said anything wrong. They didn't have a great relationship, it seemed, from what we could see from the outside. So what he said was fine. I think if that came from a veteran player, no one would have thought twice. If someone like, I don't know, like a third liner said it, a third line grinder, like, look, if... If Marcus Foligno tomorrow insulted Dean Evison, I don't think anyone would have blinked. They would have been like, ah, oh, he probably has a point. But because it's Kairu and he's someone that's underperformed, I think that we're going to be a lot more critical on him. And we're always so critical on our stars. And on the other hand, we're saying, hey, we want personality and you to have an opinion. So it's like you can't have it both ways. Yeah. Craig did a masterful job guiding that team to the Stanley Cup. He had phenomenal goaltending. And the fallout from every cup winner is the inevitability of bad contracts. And that is not a Doug Armstrong exclusive. Now, he did plan on having Travis Sanheim, a much younger version of a defenseman in his lineup this year, but somebody nixed that trade. Now, you could argue that Armstrong gave that player the ability to nix that trade, but still, all of these things typically are hangovers from winning. So you will not find me in the finger-pointing chair. I'm gonna no no I'm gonna be in the finger pointing chair. I know I know. Mandatory through <laughs> that contract when he should have given it to Alex Petrangelo. He should have paid yeah. Alex Petrangelo every single I, cent he wanted and every clause, and he chose not to. Well, you don't think Petrangelo had other ideas anyway? He was maxing himself out at the end of winning a Stanley Cup. I he should have. And we'll he see should've. Petrangelo tonight, which is great. Now, in the spirit of like Mean Girls and stuff like that. Um, I don't know. I hope you knew this story. Did you see 
Gabe Velarde's game against LA this week in LA, like four points, number one star. And honestly, like it might be the biggest middle finger game any individual player has. And it's not Kings specific. Gabe got hurt badly earlier this year by a former teammate in Blake Lozotte. And Velarde was really, really, really mad at Lozotte for like basically an idiotic play that could have cost him the He called him dirty. He called him dirty. He said, that doesn't surprise me from a guy like him. So for him to come back into LA and have that game, I think it kind of, because again, it's 1030 and the East doesn't pay attention to anything. Like (laughs) I was like, this is amazing. Good for you, Gabe Velarde. So I thought you might appreciate that kind of. Oh yeah. We love a good revenge game and it worked for him in a sense that like he got to move up in the lineup. Like, I don't know if he would have had that game on the second or third line, but it would have been fun if he did anyway, but playing with, you know, Shifley and Ehlers who, the un, you know, the unsung hero of Winnipeg, Nikolai Ehlers, who deserves yeah. everything and more. It was so good. And now he has this opportunity to shine. And it's going to be really interesting because like their season, you could look at it and say, well, if Helen Buck isn't perfect, their season's over without Connor until he returns. Mm-hmm. But if he can play at this level, which I don't expect every night to be a four point game, but if he can keep crushing it and they absolutely crushed it in their minutes, like that, that's a huge win for Winnipeg right there. He's a super skilled player if he can stay healthy. Yep. And one last one for me. Um, Ottawa's in Dallas tonight. They didn't look good against St. Louis last night. We already talked about the St. Louis Blues making a coaching change. Do you anticipate last game for DJ Smith? Uh, does he have a week? Does he have till Christmas, New Year's? Like where where do we think this is going? Because obviously they, they didn't play hard last night and they're frustrated. Their captain Brady Kachuk is losing his mind wanting to fight everybody taking bad penalties. They're frustrated in Ottawa. Yeah, they're in an awkward position because I think when ownership changed hands, we expected Stiles to be named GM, period, not interim GM, and then to change the coach. And I understand why they don't want to change a coach right now going, well, if a new general manager comes in, then he's hamstrung to this new coach. And that's awkward if they don't get to bring in their own guy. But like at a certain point, you have to say, we have to do what's best for the team. And it's not like you're fighting for someone that has some great track record. I would make the argument that DJ Smith was an odd choice when he was first hired because this was a team that needed defensive help. And he did a very bad job with the Leafs defense as an, as an assistant coach there. And it's been the same story this entire time. And yes, you're bringing in reinforcements now that I think will help. But I just think that this team has too much writing on these last couple seasons. And some of it, you know, was roster based. Some of it's injury based. Some of it's that they couldn't get a save. But at this point, you need to be progressing. And I don't think that they have the coaching staff to do it, that you need to take a long, hard look and just go, maybe it's worth it to just bring in an interim coach and try to put things in the right direction. And we'll figure everything out from there. And the new general manager can talk about things at the end of the year. If they're even going to hire someone midseason, like why wait? Tough night for Sergei Bobrovsky had a primary assist on one Vancouver goal. And uh, obviously in front of him, he lost Aaron Ekblad, didn't play in the third period due to injury. But the big story there for you, Shayna, is that your guy, Thatcher Demko, on a night when they honor Bobby Lou, hosted a shutout. So are you basking in the glow of that today? I I thought Florida was going to win that game, honestly, for the vibes for Luongo, too, because they actually have him and respected him fully throughout his career versus Vancouver. But you know what? I thought that they were going to bounce back from an, an uncharacteristic game against Seattle. Like, I would have expected Florida to really, you know, take it to them offensively, and they didn't. But I think what Demko did was super impressive. What was it? A 36-8 shutout? Like, he was 
he keeps standing tall and I wonder how he's going to sustain this for the whole season. I would say this about any goaltender. If you're mm-hmm. saving goals the way he is like at a certain point, you would expect like a little stretch of regression, then a bounce back, but to do it against Florida, super impressive. They have a lot of finishing talent. That top line is absolutely positively excellent with Reinhardt Barkov and Evan Rodriguez. And, you know, you still have the Kachuk line as the second line. Like there's so much to, to worry about with Florida. So super impressive. Next week, because you mentioned um, uh, Kachuk there, next week we're going to go into most disappointing seasons so far from superstar players, whether it's Kachuk, Ovi, because the goal scoring numbers for some of these guys way, way, way down right now. But in the short term, we're going to look forward to seeing you tonight on our pregame coverage at 930 as you look ahead to Vegas and Arizona for us. Thank you, Shana. We'll see you soon. Thank you. Sabres Live continues right after this. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 